Hello friends, it's me Business Cat. I'm so happy you found your way back to us. In this conversation, Fundamentals and I talk about mining, math, measurements, and marshmallow tests. If you like our content and would like to support the show, you can listen to it using an app like Fountain FM, and then you can stream us that way you listen. You can also comment and uh, send us a boostagram. If you're a Bitcoin miner and you're feeling generous, you can contribute a bit of your hash power to us using any Lincoin stratum address with our show's username, Rock Paper Bitcoin. And uh, I'll put the connection details in the show notes. Thank you so much to Lonely Pumpkins for being our very first hash power contributor and contributing hash power in the last week. Thank you, sir. You know who you are. You know you're awesome. And we respect you. We salute you. We love you. Finally, dear listener, thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Let's get into it. I spent this week trying to figure out how I'm going to modify my uh, basement mining setup. It's like I've gone through multiple revisions now. I'm on like version four or five of what I originally started with of just setting an ASIC in the basement. And I'm realizing that I'm coming up against the limitations of my current system. And I think if moving forward, if I'm going to keep doing this, I need to one, make it prettier and two, make it more usable. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a real hack together job where I've, I've just card not cardboard but uh, plywood and uh, ducting is what i'm using now it's like if i'm going to keep doing this i need to make it pretty and show off hey, for people who don't like know us business cat right you want to just describe who like just where you are in your mining journey okay. so that people can understand why you might what would that what does that really mean when you're down there exploring your limits so I have a couple what's miners in the basement that I use. This winter, I use them to heat the house. And so depending on what time of the year it is, I am weaponizing them for, for different things. Like the heat is a very valuable resource that normally I just dump outside. But yeah, half the year I can use it in very usable ways right now. And the game is like, how can I expand that to the, the other half of the year? So yeah, so I've got a couple what's miners in the basement. I have a couple S9s that I scatter around the house for space heating here and there. Um, but yeah, where I'm at with my game, the, the mining game right now is figuring out how to weaponize the waste heat as a resource. In the winter, it's real easy because it's just, okay, well, the house needs to be heated. But come summertime, that's, right, that's where the, uh, the cutting edge of the game is right now, figuring out how to, like, well, I mean, you, you could dump this heat into uh, your hot water heater if you can figure out how to harness that. Um, but right now, I'm, I'm working on night and all, trying to figure out how I can harness some of the energy with a, a night and all solid state engine and turn this thermal energy into mechanical energy and then from there there's multiple places you can go uh that's that's where i'm at in my mining i know that you dipped your, your toes in briefly into mining and then you step back out you know that because you bought my miners i, was, I wasn't gonna <laughs> let them go to waste yeah, that's right so it's true and um it, yeah i yeah dipped my toe in well, I more than did my toe, and I think one of my biggest mistakes personally in the Bitcoin game, it was buying, like really aping into a, an S19 that I bought and hosted. Um, and I'd say it's a big mistake because I just paid too much for it. Um, you know, no, 
<laughs> there was no other real consequence. You know, like I never shit coined in this game, and so like I'd say that's getting off pretty easy if that was my big FOMO. You made uh, the same calculation. Every miner, right? like I've made that mistake. I've paid way too much for a miner. It's like, yeah, everybody pays too much for a miner. Everybody buys too many miners. More, more miners they can plug in and ends up with just hash power sitting there. Happens but that created, yeah, so that created a problem for me though. So that once I did that, I realized that now I was in a situation where if they, if the host ever uh, sent the miner back to me, I wasn't going to know what to do with it. And so that's why I got the S nines and figured out how really just got normalized the practice of running them in my house which took a while and probably i couldn't have done without the central pa meetup group right like i you know i'm remembering bringing them to the meetup putting them on the table and having you guys take them apart and show me every all the parts and all of that and that really is what it took for me to get comfortable around it but like it was an extension of this hosted miner that i still have right and with a nice contract now i appreciate it actually appreciate the fact that i'm locked into under seven cents a kilowatt hour and i will acknowledge um it's with river and they've been honorable on every aspect of this arrangement so it's the only mistake i made was aping into a market value that just you know was insane and will never will never pay off and that's fine if- and it's water under the bridge at this point if they did uh, return the machine to you at this point, do you think you could run it at your house? Like, have, have I think you? I uh, could, but I know enough to. I know enough to know that at sixteen cents a kilowatt hour, I wouldn't do it, and so I would. What's probably, the machine you have? You have an S nineteen, just a base S nineteen. S nineteen J. It's a. I think it's a S nineteen J Pro. Okay. It's a hundred terahash. Right around. That's right around break even profitability with your with your power cost of power. You know, I've I've met some people who run hosting sites not far from us in Maryland, and I don't know if Maryland just has good electric <laughs> costs that PA doesn't have, but um, some of these sites are seem to be able to offer you know more reasonable hosting you know hosting rates, and that's probably what I would do in the event that um, that this got sent back to me. I mean, in three three years from the beginning of the contract i'll have an option to renew for a fourth year which i would think i probably will do that and then after that it's coming back and if the s19 if these last anything like the s9s you know it's going to be five six seven more years to try to figure out how to get cheap power through it right have you ever gotten onto the uh power marketplace and shopped for power here have you ever con- no. like is your no, power on contract? Uh, um, no, I don't. No, I'm, I would say I'm ignorant. I'm, I, I've I've heard of people doing that, <laughs> right? But that's not a step I've been able to take. Okay. Um, the only other thing I'll also just say I when I was in Miami I saw the hot tub <laughs> that, that was powered yeah. by and honestly I can't unsee it. So I have a pool and a hot tub. And I have a heater that's like on the fritz, on its way. I have a heater that will definitely not outlast your S9s. I'm sure of it. And um, I took a lot of pictures and I um, just, it's one of those things that you can't unsee. And I started thinking in general, why, like the, you know, it's such a problem that anytime we create heat and don't get paid for it, right? 
that just seems like a really financially irresponsible thing to do. Uh, yeah, there's no going back from that right. hash function of realizing you're burning power just for heat. It's like, oh, yeah, there, there's better ways to do this on anything. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a, another... It's a rabbit hole I'm not ready to go down because I'm too deep into the ones I'm in. <laughs> it requi- Yeah, the, it requires yeah. the rabbit hole of uh, learning some basic plumbing and some HVAC stuff. Yeah, And that's beyond my capacities right now, but that's... One of the directions I'm going, like if I'm going to be heating my water heater, is that, so what Schnitzel is doing and what he did with that uh, that hot water he, or the uh, hot tub setup he did. So my yep. goal is to have something similar in my basement so that whenever people come to me with questions about mining, I can be like, hey, you want to come come check out my, my the mining setup I've got in the basement. And then similarly, I'm going to I'm planning to move my what's miners from the basement up to outside. Like, I think I'm either going to build or buy a black box from upstream data and yep. uh, plant that right outside next to my AC condenser and then, yeah, pump that back inside. And it, it's, I got, yeah, there, there's multiple different ways that I could go with it, but uh, right right now it's just kind of holding pattern while we wait. I will say whatever barriers I have, and I have like significant barriers, technical to hardware stuff, like being able to actually see it was huge that that you know it almost it made it more possible that i'll actually walk up to this line again yeah i mean and it's like the s9 everybody says it the s9 is the way to learn they're so like you can learn on that and it's going to be the same game with your s19 just the s19 is more power and more heat well the um the cooling stuff is a little it's just another like that's another added thing in the physical universe where you know it's in this cooling fluid and now you're returning you're 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 creating the heat by returning hot water that basically yeah. into a water source right and Bit- bitmain and micro bt now are making so so yeah schnitzel was using an immersion setup which is involves yeah. dielectric fluid and yeah getting into dielectric fluid is that that's a opening a big a big uh, learning hurdle from from my friends that are into immersion mining already it's uh, not, not it's like it's it's a lot to learn and a lot to wrap your mind around. But on like alternatively now, MicroBT and Bitmain are offering their hydro cooling solutions, which removes the dielectric fluid and is just internalizing a uh, a hot water loop into them. So that requires you to do something with the hot water. But instead of in, instead of designing your own complete uh, dielectric fluid loop that is then going through a heat exchanger into a hot water hoop loop um that, that's just reducing everything down to just the w- hot water loop so i think yeah, yeah. No, i mean as i'm going in this direction i think i'm probably going to cut all the dielectric fluid out of it completely and just go hydro cooled get like an m53 or something maybe one of the big rack mounted things that micro is making now it's like they're, they're a couple grand a piece but like if you're going to heat a house that, that seems like the way to go yeah i mean i'll just say like on a bitcoin um, on the Bitcoin front, I actually think, like, I don't think you have to be an expert in mining per se, but I do think it's important to um, struggle to <laughs> understand it. I think you got to understand mining because it's you you just can't. I don't think I really don't know if you can really understand Bitcoin without understanding how mining works, right? You can't think about how it gets attacked, and you can't understand why. Um, things are set up the way they are but also you have to solve a physical problem in the world and that's like 
you know, like we literally just had, I don't know how, 10 minutes where we didn't even mention Bitcoin, just talking about solving physical problem in the world. But that's a big part of why you can trust your life savings in this thing. Because a physical problem in the world must be solved. Yeah, it's and, the the key. Can, right. yeah, you are the only one with that physical answer to that to that problem. So even if you are a total like like myself, like I have such a huge barrier, like I could go on GitHub and study code. Even though I'm not a, I'm not a developer, but I can like understand what people are doing in code, and I'm fine like really digging into that. But when I hear like dielectric fluid, I'm like, oh god, that's definitely going to be for somebody else to do, right? I start thinking that, but. Um, I think it's important to struggle, you know, it's important to struggle through it. I think it's the way maybe we transform our brains to being able to live in a Bitcoin world. Well, it's like <laughs> exercise. I mean, exercising is putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation so that you're forcing growth. And I mean, it's the same thing intellectually. It's like if you're putting yourself in a room where you understand everything all the time, you're not growing. You, you, need, you need to be presented with information that is kind of pushing you outside of your comfort zone. That's right. That's right. You're solving a physical problem there. I mean, you could tra try to train yourself to write with your left hand and experience a similar uh, phenomena with your, say, your brain, right? You can learn to play a musical instrument, right? But in the world of Bitcoin, right, this is probably the best place to challenge yourself, right? Is that that physical problem, the physical problem that is being challenged that's being presented in bitcoin this it, is really how do you create energy cheaply <laughs> right right yeah it boils everything down to very simply yeah if watts are if watts are dollars if, if watts are value yeah then the game is sourcing the cheapest amount of watts yeah and, um the way to and it's just so interesting that i you know people are just create figuring out ways to create energy that don't cost anything. It all comes down to engineering. It's incentivizing engineering in on a mass scale that I don't think we've had before. It's, I mean, speaking for myself, it being on a Bitcoin standard and being a Bitcoin miner, just it puts a set of glasses on me. As I look around at the world around me, I see energy or in the system around me interacting. It's like if I'm a good enough engineer, I should be able to harness that that energy in a way that's usable. So yeah, it's it's in monetizing proper engineering is an interesting new uh, aspect of Bitcoin. I think this also connects to trust as well because physical prop when you solve a physical problem, I think you remove trust or you can't. In other words, the fact that you are hashing means it's working. You don't have you don't really care if um, Einstein's physics or Newton's physics or anybody, you don't have to care if all of those things are valid or not, because you can see if you're hashing continuously, that's the proof that it's working, right? Whereas you get more into the math and now you're bringing, without the physical, without the physical problem being solved, you're getting into trust. We're the, starting now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, was, I, was saying, I would there, say right? the proof that the Bitcoin is proof that math works in every second that goes, every block that's found and your Bitcoin doesn't mysteriously disappear from your wallet. I mean, is evidence that okay, you, you alone have the answer to this one problem. And Bitcoin is a host of all these different math problems. And each of us have our own one little answer to each to our little part of the math problem. And that allows us to unlock value in the network.
Yes, but it's yes. So the block being published, right, is proof that the physical problem was solved. The physical yep. problem being, do we have enough energy to do, you know, to according to the rules we all accepted, were we able to make enough energy to, to do the work to get the answer? To do, right, to do the work. Mm-hmm. Right. And that physical problem was solved. And that is why I, I will say that is the reason why we were able to not, we we're able to divert our need to trust somewhere else. Right. It removes it removes a need to trust because you just see it work every 10 minutes, every 10 minutes. You, we're, we're actually just we get to confirm and validate the fact that we solved the energy problem to keep Bitcoin going. And what that means is over, over time, right, after a few confirmations, you know, say after 100 confirmations, there isn't enough energy on the, like on Earth to undo that. Right. So we can believe that that's the consensus we can believe we can tr- quote, quote unquote trust now and believe in because there just isn't enough. There's not enough physical energy on this planet to reverse it. Yeah, it's like I and just because a new block is found on average every 10 minutes doesn't I mean, that, that is not in and of itself reason why we should. That's not proof that the network works. That's just evidence that it's going to keep working. It's like the. The. Uh, the fact that because Bitcoin is based on the logic that if you want to, like, you don't have to understand why there's a new block found about every 10 minutes. But if you want to, you can dig down all the way down to the base level logic and wrap your mind around what like the rules of the network and why it's very likely that we're going to keep finding blocks every 10 minutes. Um, and like parallel, like if on the same thing, like if you devoted all that time and energy to trying to wrap your mind around what, um, that the legacy fiat system is going to keep having value every 10 minutes, like eventually, like if you devote that amount of time to it, you're going to come to the conclusion that, oh, value is not saved here. Like that, this, you can't do it. Yeah, right. But so for anybody who wants to spend that time um, doing the work and performing the validation of where it is the value coming from, they're always going to come out on one side of that equation of that. Oh, that. Bit, OK, well, if you do the work on side of Bitcoin, it makes sense. And yeah. that is self-evident that people keep coming here and not leaving. Whereas if you do that work on the legacy side, people run from that. that that's where that's where conspiracy theorists come from, because they're the ones that have done the work. Well, yeah, I mean, and it's the key is you don't have to do the work, but you can't. On the legacy side, you cannot, and it's a, it's true of the entire open source movement. Anything that's open source, you can validate, and most people don't, mm, but mm-hmm. you can. Um, if it's not open source, you can't validate it. Um, so, and that doesn't mean that those things are bad or anything like that. It's just that I think there's certain things that this trust model isn't working for, and certainly the financial system is one of them. Well, right, right. It boils down to right. does one plus one equal two? Like in Bitcoin, the answer is yes. Well, it's more than that, right? So, like, this is so this is something, and maybe I'm just a dick, and I need to like <laughs> nitpick at a couple of things. So, like, I got involved in a conversation about does math truth, and. Um, it's true that one plus one equals two, I would say, is a truth, okay? Because um, very basic arithmetic is um, special because its truth holds over such a large 
group of circumstances, such a large set of circumstances, that it can almost be set as universal truth. In other words, um, if you really got into, if you, if you studied math, right, if you tried to get a math degree, you would find number systems for which one plus one it is not equal to. Mm -hmm. There are certain number systems, but it turns out for all what we call the real numbers, it's like, and, and that's a special condition. Like anything that holds for all the real numbers is like really special. Human beings can pretty much rely on its truth. Um, you know, like it's such, it just so happens that in cryptography, that's the, now the set of numbers for which that math is true becomes much more restricted. Um, it's restricted to something called the finite el finite element set. Um, it's not the, all the real numbers anymore, right? It's, so it's, you now have to um, you have to understand that the truth now only is the truth only occurs under the um, set of circumstances that were that it's now known to occur. It's lim It's much more limited. And sure. I think in, Bit in Bitcoin, it's like the truth is limited to people who agree to the rules of the network, right? So I think in a certain way, so when I think about math as truth, math is theorem and proof. And it usually says the proof is true under the right set of circumstances. And it's almost better than truth because it's how consensus can be formed. You can say we can agree that this is truth if X, Y, and Z are met. And if X, right. Y, and Z... Can be done can be validated in milliseconds by a node, right? Then you have you know now you can propagate your truth to to the entire world in a matter of seconds. There are absolutely a, a number of base assumptions that are required for one plus one to equal two. I mean, if you're getting into the semantics of we have to agree that the vibration of the air molecules between my mouth and your ears that sounds like the word one is associated in, in your brain with a singular object like that. Like the, so there's like the assumptions of language. There's the assumptions of like the base of the number system is I'm, I'm making the assumption that we're, we're, to, we're working on a, a base 10 number system. So like, yeah, I agree. Like there, there are a lot of assumptions based into the claim that one plus one equals two. Uh, but if, I mean, those assumptions being baked in are, are part of the equation because like, yeah, you could, you can change those base assumptions and say that that, that changes mathematics. But I mean, that's like, it's similarly to forking Bitcoin. Like anybody could, like they could fork the Bitcoin code and go whatever directions they want and make whatever claims they want and live in their own little dimension um, of of a can't, like spin off their own real Bitcoin into their own fan fiction of what they think Bitcoin is. But it comes down to the proof of the pudding of can you convince the rest of the universe that your base assumptions are the correct ones to follow. Yes, and you know, so that's why I said the best way to do that is to solve the physical problem. Because when you do that, you don't even have to know, right? There's nothing to think about. You don't have to know or care what the domain is. Yeah, right. You don't have to care about Craig, those restrictions. This is Craig Wright. Yeah. Craig Wright is because he doesn't have truth on his side. He's forced to bend over backwards and do all these mental gymnastics and be like, "Oh well, I didn't sign this because there's a tulip trust, and then there was the there was code in a malicious Raspberry Pi thing on my team." It's like all of these things. When okay, if truth was on your side, sir, you could just tap a button and right. sign that message. All that and fuck has to do is solve a physical problem. That's all yes. that fuck has to do. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it's it, it, so it comes, yeah, so 
reality is consensus in some way, and, and consensus so in a, in a base ten reality, one plus one equals two. It's like if you want to fork that and build off your own reality, like, and then convince people to follow you, like you could do that. Um, it was like I'm not gonna base my base reality based on somebody's delusions like that. <laughs> yes, even in hex, one plus one equals two. It's not right now. So. <laughs> So that's cool. It's grounding yourself in solving the physical problem is important. And it's like, that's when, when you do that, you don't have to care, right, about how, you don't have to care about any, like, metaphysical shit. If you're solving that problem, it kind of proves, it, it proves you're good. And do you ever notice that there are things now, like there are things that when once we measure it, we think we can measure it, and we do what we, we get all caught up in the measurement of it, and we kind of ruin the physical systems associated with it. So this was something I told, like on the long wall of text, I said we should talk about this. Isn't even on it yet, but like, just, like, I just started thinking about like cholesterol, like one day some lab fuck decided that it could be measured and then once it was the entire fucking healthcare system was co-opted around it in a way that made whatever that problem was supposed to solve a, a billion times worse um, and it's true you can go down the line like cholesterol calories like do you think that cavemen or paleo like you know the these the original kind of healthiest people that selected for the apex predator like knew what a fucking calorie was, you know. They were all in incredible shape. Um, and they didn't have cholesterol problems. Okay, right. They didn't have. They didn't drop dead of heart attacks, and they didn't drop dead of. They didn't become obese because they didn't know what a calorie was, right? Um, it's some. It so this is a fine point, but it's almost like sometimes we could go too far and think we can measure something. Like uh, I mean, to get not to get totally controversial, but a virus, like HIV or COVID, viruses that are PCR, that now are confirmed by PCR, which most people think, wow, that's the truth, but it's actually just a math problem that somebody decided had a very high correlation to something that was modeled on a computer. It's, it's again, and, and then because we think we can measure it, it becomes the truth, but we didn't solve a physical problem. That's what I want to like. That's that's the thing I want to hit. Like we can measure something, but we don't actually solve a problem in the physical world to validate that measurement. Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking so, about like the does taking every measurement and dimension of a flower reduce like the beauty of a flower, like the beauty or magic of what that flower is adding to the world. I think that equating the measurement to the thing. So it's like a. Um, do you ever put a carrot through like a, uh, you know, through a, um, a juicer? Sure. And then what, like, you just have this pile of orange dust, right? But like a nutritionist would consider that no different from a carrot. Like the nutritionist would say the macronutrient content is the same, right? Macro, it has the same calories, has the same carbohydrate, protein, and let's say... What's the other one? Fat. It's probably not not much in a carrot, but like has. But a nutritionist would actually say then that equals a carrot. But it's the life. There's something about life. Yeah. A chef you're getting would disagree. Into. Yeah. The the, Some, the basic form of the carrot has changed. <laughs> right. There's it's it's not alive. 
a, you know, a carrot that's alive actually has a form that you can pick it up and you can chomp on it and say, what's up, doc, and have a good laugh with yourself. You know, you can, it's actually a thing, a real thing, as opposed to a pile of shredded, you know, they're not this, but we're, you know, this, this is, again, the measurement, the ability to measure without solving a physical problem has perverted our sense of what things are. That's, that's an interesting, way. yeah, it comes down to, is the map the territory? Like, we've been building this uh, incredibly detailed map, but, yeah, like, the map itself is not actually what we're living in. Yeah, and if Bitcoin did not solve a physical problem, here's the big shining ending of this, I think. If Bitcoin did not solve a physical problem, it would be fucking worthless. And that is why proof of st- it's, that's why proof of work is so important. And if it was proof of stake, it'd be fucking worthless. And the people that think Bitcoin is worthless are yeah, they're not seeing the value in the solution that we see the value in. Yeah, I think I think that's a, that's a smart way to look at it. Yeah, the, the, Bitcoin is a solu- is a physical solution to a problem that I mean all of us are working, trying to solve on a ten minute basis, and for yeah, unless you see the value in that work, you're not going to see the value in the scarcity of Bitcoin. That's right, and you have to really see the value in human beings to see the value of the work, right? Because that's that's, that's what, a heavy lift for a lot of people. <laughs> yes, that's because that's I mean this is what gets into praxeology, right? And human action, which we like to discuss all the time here, right? Mm-hmm. Which is why human beings alone value Bitcoin, right? Not, and when I say human beings alone value Bitcoin in in the sort of the maximal way, above other things considered to be alive that resemble human beings, like let's say AI, like let's say institutions or collections of human beings, right? Human beings act to create that energy and you so, have yeah, to wait. really right we choose to we choose to use it on this as opposed to the an infinite amount of other choices we could be using the energy on and that is why it is alive i know that humans are not alone in using currency They're like i'm trying to think like how things that separate humans from the rest of the animal kingdom it's like dogs I, bury I, bones to try right. to like eat it's them like, later yeah, maybe that's i've right. also heard that in, in lab conditions i've heard of uh monkeys like the people the scientists gave monkeys coins and they ended up using them to as a currency for sex like like the uh, the female monkeys ended up with all the coins because all the males just were giving them over so that they could bang the females it's like yeah they, Hell they, yeah. Taught, they taught the monkeys <laughs> that they could exchange these these um coins for for uh, bananas if they took them to this dispenser and it what just happened is that um yeah <laughs> the female monkey just had stacks of coins and there were there were a bunch of male monkeys with no coins but yeah so it's a humans are not alone in our in our using our understanding of scarcity the value of scarcity yes but yeah humans i don't think are that necessarily unique in a lot of in a lot of areas yeah, but what so? But it, it, a human being's choice to spend their finite, scarce energy on creating the energy required to make Bitcoin work is what gives Bitcoin life. Yeah, and if you take that away, then you just have another monetary network that is lifeless. Right? If it doesn't require work, then it's. It's just another one of we, there's we have millions of those. This is revisiting right? a previous topic then, but yeah. So so is Bitcoin alive? Like is Bitcoin the first uh, well, digital yeah, intelligence? 
I mean, I would let's say let, let's let's like I would start with the, these basic building blocks, right? Which is, it's more alive than uh, probably other monetary networks because of the work required to you know make it work to actually. There's input make requirements, it yeah, and it, it's right? paying humans it's not to keep itself there. alive. I mean, all of the say commodity monies require that. Just not as much as uh, Bitcoin. What was it like? <laughs> Just watch the Sailor video from Prague. Highly, highly recommend it. I might get the number wrong, but it's like when he talks about the difficulty adjustment being like 50 trillion, but he says like it's become 50 trillion times harder to create Bitcoin than from inception. It's so it's like think about it from that, and we can yeah, and yet we continue to do it right. Yeah. That's like that is so underestimated and so undervalued when people you know when people think about in general people think about Bitcoin they're like you know they it's like a fad or something like that and it's like not realizing how much effort is going in how much it's effort is going into it looking at the global hash rate the fact that the global hash rate still continues to climb even now even like in the the face of the exchange rate to the dollar over time, looking at the global hash rate, like there's very little correlation there. It just, it keeps going up and to the right. And Bitcoin miners are like the bull, the hodlers of last resort and like the ultimate bulls of the network. Like you don't get into Bitcoin mining unless you really see the writing on the wall for the direction this thing's going. So that's interesting to me that yeah, I don't, even the the hash price currently, it's a it's hundred trillion t- harder, times harder to mine Bitcoin now than it was at the network's inception. And like, it's still not properly valued. Like we're still going up and to the right. Yeah, I mean, and, but so you could decide to underestimate the amount of effort being taken all over the globe, right, to create the energy required to mine Bitcoin. You could underestimate that if you like. I certainly will not. Well, I mean, if you're looking elsewhere, it's, it's <laughs> easy to underestimate it if you're not paying attention to it. Well, I mean, right, but I'm saying like very few people. I mean, who's paying attention to that? Like you look at what's going on right now in um, traditional finance. Traditional finance is starting to coincide with Bitcoin. Finance, yeah. yeah, but they're not they're, they're having a hard time ignoring it. Yes, right, but it's like I'm being very careful to say traditional finance is some, somehow adopting Bitcoin. They're not. They're just coinciding. They're now starting to coincide, right, in a, like, in a much if, more profound way than, say, in the past. There's been people predicting, like, a central bank digital currency type product, that tier, level of tyranny for a long time. Since before Bitcoin, people have been predicting that level of government tyranny. But really, since Bitcoin came out, it forced their hand. And, oh, well, they actually now have to do this because Bitcoin is here as an alternative. It's like, I wonder... Yeah, I... I the tw- like the 2030 agenda and it's like I wonder like them them getting us there by 2030 I think we're Bitcoin is really forcing their hand and making them like have to, have to get things going now as opposed to where they would have liked to have been I think yeah but you know what like yeah the Bitcoin ETF is going to do for people who are who have all their money in a CBDC fucking nothing right but it's like th- right. the the fidelity and all like uh, the blackrock they're they're being forced to roll out these products because like they have to coincide bitcoin's here like they 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 can't ignore it they have to 
they have to live with right. it at this point. But and it's, it's like going they, they have to bring yeah. the Trojan horse inside the walls. Agree. But this it's like this I think is gonna make Bitcoin much scarcer and much quicker, obviously. Yeah. To the point where like I was talking to my daughter last night and saying, you know, by the time by the time you graduate college, you very well may not even be able to buy Bitcoin at any price. Yeah, I've been I've been seeing that coming for a while. Like the ability to go to an app to turn your dollars into Bitcoin, I like that. This is a weird period of human history that is not going to be available. It's gonna, yeah. I, I would say 100%. That's going to be sooner rather than later. If you want some Sats, you're going to need to know somebody who has them who's willing to part with them. Just being able to go to an app to find them is going to. I think it's going to be hard. It's going to be a lot yes, harder than it is yes. now. That's right. Well, that's because of the physical problem that was. Um, worked on <laughs> and done for a long period of time, right? Yeah. Um, so you want to hear something fun? With not speaking of my daughter, my I was talking to I, I did the I did the thing with my younger one where I was like, "Hey, I can give you two hundred bucks right now or a Bitcoin." You know, like that meme of the guy at the club that asked those two probably MDMA. <laughs> totally. Yeah. What, what, do you, what do you want? A hundred dollars or a hundred dollars Bitcoin? That kind of thing. Yeah. And um, you know, so my younger daughter correctly said, "Well, I'll take Bitcoin." I was like, "Why do you say that?" She's like, "Well, Bitcoin is worth like thirty thousand dollars." I was like, "Holy crap! You actually remember that?" She's like, "Yeah, yeah." I said, "Okay. Well, here's the next level of the test. Okay, second level, not the final level, but the second level is thirty thousand dollars. I can give you thirty, you know, thirty thousand dollars or Bitcoin. What would you take?" Right, mm-hmm. because that then leads into. I mean, most people would say I'm indifferent, but you shouldn't be, right? Because now it's like, well, you should take the Bitcoin because the Bitcoin's uncensorable. The Bitcoin is unbasable. Yeah, long list of reasons. It's yeah, it's better. Like that's how you start that conversation of saying it's better, right? Then the question is, like, what happens when you have to? You know, so what happens when you have to make that exchange at hundred thousand? What happens when you have to make that exchange at a million, two million, five million, ten million? At some point, actually, there's no amount of money, right? As we're saying, at some point, you can't even do it, right? So this whole question is kind of silly. The fact that you're so like there's this I just the fact that you can even exchange fucking dirty worthless fiat money um, for Bitcoin is pretty remarkable that we live it in this is. time now it's very remarkable. but actually what that really just says is that fiat money still has value today it tells you right? how it's, early it is right i mean yeah. it's like what can't ignore that how many out of the to- total 21 have now been mined are we are we at 20 yet like like most the vast majority of the bitcoin that are so. going to be mined oh. have been mined and yeah. <laughs> fiat still has value like that's sh- it's so shocking it, like everybody thinks they're early when they get into Bitcoin. Like myself included, when I got into Bitcoin, like I couldn't. I, I thought I was late. Or every, everybody thinks they're early. Everybody thinks they're late when they get into Bitcoin. And it's like I thought I was late whenever yes. I first came across it. And like the, the vast majority of them have been mined, and we're moving into like it's shocking to me that that we're still early enough that that that's still the case. And, and it's going to run out fast. That not only that, but like that so many of us. We're able to front run the quote unquote elites. True. Because yeah, of how really slow a- and deliberate, right? And how, you know, just, it's incredible. It's incredible to me, right? It's it's a momentous thing in world history. No, nothing like this has ever ha- had an opportunity before for like We're the peasant 95%, class. 95%, yeah, 95% of it 
I mean, look, it's been bought up by rich people for a long time, but it's also been liquidated and given back. And we're now at a time, we happen to be at this moment in time right now, right? We're at an incredible precipice, right? Where TradFi is, is at the gates. The enemy is at the gate, right? Yeah, and they're ready. The, run, the, the runway is about to run out too. They're ready, right? Yeah. And, but somehow 95, like we've, we're at an all-time high of like Bitcoin held off exchange by, you know, by people. Now, some of them are wealthy. Some of them are like, you know, Michael Saylor's got his 20,000, right? But like most, you know, it's still people who have chosen to opt out. And 95% of the Bitcoin that'll ever be in existence is currently in like the strongest hands now as the enemies are at the gate, right? It's pretty... It's pretty amazing. Yeah, and so all the only sats that are available to them are what people are going to have to like squeeze off the top to pay for their bills here and there. Like so and, the phase, yeah. So the phase we're in, the, only the sorry, sats that are like, yeah, only the sats that are that like. I try to think like, will will any of my sats ever be available to these people like on these network or on like on Strike or on Cash App? Like if you run to these places to try to try to find some sats, it's like. Once you're in Bitcoin long enough, like I wouldn't run to those places to turn my sats into dollars. I would go if I needed dollars for something. Like I would go elsewhere. Like there's other ways to figure out how to pay bills than having to run to a 1099 creating event. So yeah, I, I think true. It's like, yes, that that door is gonna shut and it's gonna be. It's like think like like submersibles are uh, in popular culture right now. Like think like a door being shut with all like all the water pressure of the ocean behind it. Like that door is not gonna open again. It's going to, yeah, it's going to be chaos. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> it's an incredible thing. Um, and, you know, not that, like, we don't care about the price of Bitcoin, really, right? In U.S. dollars. But I, there's like a, right, we're at the, we're at this kind of like energy matter, energy mass of, I would think, you know the other it's like the other side of this um, scarcity conversation is just that the value for people who don't have it is going to be astronomical. Um, the CTF situation it may not happen now, but you know clearly it's coming. May not happen this year. May not happen for five years. Right. But yeah, and so it's, it's, it's not implausible that all of this gets denied and they have to go back to the drawing board. Who cares, really? Right. It's just uh, it just delays that part of the normie world's access and on it's, it's not like exposure. the sats aren't going to get out there to pee. it's not like the sats are only going to forever remain in the hand like where they are now the ultra strong hodler hands it's i think of like how are my like so yeah like i'm never going to run to an exchange but it's like you're right I, I don't think of my my bitcoin stack in terms of dollars but i i absolutely think about it in terms of it's buying power. Like as I look around, like my local area, like I, th- I'm, I think about like, well, that's a building I would buy. Like, what would I do with that building? It's like, or or th- this is a warehouse that yes. is in a, in a good location. It's brand new. It's not selling. Like, I would buy that. I would buy that warehouse. So I think about those things. Then I then I have to come down to, well, how much of my stack would I be willing to separate myself from for for that asset? And like these these are the questions that we're all like as the world is repriced in Sats. 
It's like, these are the questions we're going to figure out. Like, there, there's going to be a lot of buildings out there. There's, there, so there's going to be several buildings around my area that end up being sold for, like, when things are priced in sats, instead of being priced in dollars, when things are priced in sats, people are going to remember, like, oh, wow, that building sold for, like, for 100 million sats that that building sold for. Can you believe somebody spent a whole Bitcoin on that building? You can get a whole Bitcoin for like 10,000 sats now. Why? Cause some, but like out, out there, there's going to be people that are willing to make those exchanges before the other people. And so for, for the people that have the, the all of this commercial and industrial real estate property now, as they realize, oh, my dollar savings are worthless, I need Bitcoin. Like at some point, they're going to be willing to start ex exchanging their resources for sats. And at that point, that like all bets are off in terms of like how do you even price Bitcoin in dollars at that point? That's right. And so like if like I think if a part of your life is not if you don't appreciate the work that actually goes into making Bitcoin and you're not part you're not part of that, it's just gonna this is just gonna crush you, you know? Yeah. Rent it's kind of like if you it's kind of like if you had been taking advantage of food prices that were artificially low because of you know bad practices and all that stuff and then one day you realize it's not real food and the price of real food is like 10 times what the fake food was it's like it's gonna just bop you upside the head right so you're, so disconne you're disconnected from which again you're disconnected from the physical problem that needed to be solved to actually make the thing that you think you're consuming right you're gonna get completely bopped and then so to me, this there's this thing, you know, you know, the old saying, oh, first they laugh at you, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you. Right. There's this next phase that we're about to go into. It's not winning. It's that it's then they try to buy you. And mm -hmm. if, you know, this is attributed to Gandhi, I think the saying. Right. If we were like in the kind of fiat world that we were in now, they would have tried to buy Gandhi. And who knows what would have happened, right? They would have just, then they print the money to try to buy you, right? That's the phase I think I don't think a lot of people understand we're about to hit, right? And it's like, okay, right now they just printed up to 30K Bitcoin. That's the, that's the running price to buy you, right? People are still holding, right? We get to 50K, people are still hold. What about 100K? What about 250? What about a million? What about 10 million? What about 100 million? Right. And right. I mean, there's going to be a certain percentage of everybody's stack that is that I mean, that they are going to be willing to part with for a certain dollar premium. Yeah, we'll chip off. Well, you know, people people will chip off Satoshi's. Right. Yeah. To, but, you know, and besides, you got to feed again. We need a circulating economy. Right. We need like the NPCs to be at bed. We need to we need to keep them. As an as an NPC, it's a, like, whatever we're gonna need them, they need to be able to pay their Netflix subscriptions and shit. Otherwise, you know, things are gonna get really ugly. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> right? about my my Bitcoin stack. There's definitely, uh, I mean, obviously, I there, there's a, a small amount of my Bitcoin stack that I am absolutely willing to sell for dollars because for a certain amount of time, like I continue continue to need dollars. But thinking about like my whole stack, like is there a dollar amount that I would separate? I would give up my entire stack for? It's like I don't think there is. Like, is it, I get you'd have to kill me. Like maybe like an entire mag full of my Air 15 is what the price of my entire Bitcoin stack would be. It's like you're gonna have to come like take me out to take my bit my entire stack. Like there's some of it that yeah I would I would be willing to to give to BlackRock for some of their assets for a bit. 
but I mean that that's a there, that door is closing rapidly. Yeah, and it's like that, I, to, I, yeah. There's other places no I price. would rather give my Bitcoin to than BlackRock specifically, but there's no price. And honestly, so I would say for my, for myself, there there's no price in U.S. dollars because U.S. dollars are insolvent, dead money. Yeah, it's, Horrible it's like, is there a monopoly money price that you would separate your stack for? It's like, no, What's no. Fu- yeah, no. How many bolivars? Right, yeah. How, yeah, how many Roman like Roman coins would you separate for? It's like, no, none. Right? But like, yeah, I would be happy to buy a car and a house and all that stuff and sats all day long. I'd be happy to spend sats all day long to... To eat. You know, to live in yeah. the world, to live in the world and make, you know make our civilization better right that's absolutely the case but i'm not interested in trading for some horseshit paper right that's like that's for people who haven't saved you know what i mean that type of life i think the so there's the 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 kind of person that like the the person living paycheck to paycheck kind of thing as as bitcoin continues to become more ubiquitous i I think we're going to see like I mean, that, that kind of paycheck to paycheck mentality is going to kind of be rebranded to like to like the, the fiatter, the statist who just doesn't see that there's a better way to like like an Uber money, a better way to save your money. Um, people that just continue like the high time preference mindset, I think it's going to become even more like the NPCs that they're going to stand out more and more as more and more people choose to fix themselves and start improving their like extending their their time preference for their health and their time preference for their for their family and their time preference for their money and their relationships like those naturally like as i was improving myself i wanted to spend less time with people that i viewed as like these people are holding my me back and it's difficult to do in some areas of your life but i mean ultimately like if you're going to make that progress you're you need to leave people behind that drag you down and that's going to become brutal. Like in the, in the Civil War, there were families that were on either side of it. And now, like, there's families that are on either side of, like, the vaccine debate. It's like we're seeing families divided by – we've seen families divided by the state before, and we're seeing families mm-hmm. divided now more than, more than we have since the Civil War. We're seeing families divided. And I think that's going to continue to be – like, Bitcoin is a dividing factor. It's a litmus test that some people are failing and are going to keep failing. Yes. It's a. It's also a uniting factor that's easier than, like I think that the vaccine debate is a uniting factor, but it's really fucking hard <laughs> to bring people. Yeah, to bring right. people together. It's on, painful, but, it uni- but yeah, the Whereas, people when you when you find the other people with their heads up, it's like it's nice to look across the crowd and see people with their heads up. Bitcoin is a much. E- it's a uniting factor that is much easier to unite around, in my opinion. Even though everyone argues about everything. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I was just thinking of also about so maybe a better question to ask of what's the price, right? What's the price at which you know you let them buy you? It's if you flip that question a little bit, it's more like when everyone, like when pensioners and every, all these people start to get rugged. Well, they're already rugged; they just don't know it, right? But once they start realizing how rugged they are, um, you, let's say whatever, we all start getting fucking UBI of what a thousand dollars a month right do we go ahead and turn around and buy bitcoin at a million dollars a coin i do (laughs) i think i I do do. yeah right and that's that right that's that's really then 
the value question, right? Does that marginal dollar just go, you decide to convert, you still convert to Bitcoin at a million, at two million a coin, right? Yeah, fuck yeah, I think so. It's kind of a uh, it's kind of kind of a self self test question. Like we've had several stimuluses going back several years. Like the the Trump stimulus, he sent us what, what was it seventeen hundred? I forget how much. He is like twelve hundred bucks or something. Anyway, the money that the money that I got whenever Trump was president, I put that in sats, and I got seventeen million sats for the pri- whatever the feds were printing at the Fucking time. Fucking incredible! That is right. Incredible. Yeah. An amazing trade, yeah. So, but like, so yeah, I would agree. Like, any money that was paid to me in UBI, if Andrew Yang ever comes along and starts p- pumping out the UBI, all my Yang bucks are gonna go straight into Bitcoin. And it's, and the people that realize that, yeah, Bitcoin's at a million dollars, and it's still a better return than keeping your money in Fedcoin. Well, if it's like if you can, fuck yeah. It's like I don't care what the price is, honestly. If I if I can turn. A shit money, a shit loser money into the kind of money that Bitcoin is. They're going to have a hard time Why, keeping what? that. There's no price. There's yeah. literally no fucking price. Even if they have like the, the controls on the Fed coin that, okay, well, you can spend them on this thing and you can't spend them on this thing. So any company that ex- that does a Bitcoin exchange, like you can't transfer your Fed coins to Strike or you can't transfer your Fed coins to Cash App. It's like there's still going to be people on the street that are willing to take your Fed coins in exchange for like some groceries or something. It's like just for a monetary premium. Like here, like I'll, I'll give you eighty bucks of groceries for a hundred dollars of Fed coins. Like that, you can't yeah, close be that secondary. door. Yeah, right, like correct. that. Yeah. So I'm, you know what? I'm actually going to say something that I think is controversial, but it's going to tie this whole conversation together, or it's going to repeat something I've repeated eighty-five times already in this hour. I th- so I think that the ability to buy Bitcoin with dollars is is um, destroys our minds a little bit. It's like actually destructive. It's like it's it's another way for us to print money without. And so this goes back to I think it's very important for Bitcoiners to try to struggle with the physical problem that it needs to be solved in order to make in order to make it work right. So I think it's important to engage in mining not do you don't have to run a miner you know but you have to engage i think in understanding it pretty fairly deeply and struggle with it because otherwise you're just printing money you're just taking money that somebody printed and you're printing the best money ever made and it's a great decision but i just you know you probably want to be connected to how it works and how it has to work because there are physical limitations really on how it, how that how that transaction you just made can actually happen, you really like we sort of are defying the laws of physics just by taking our fiat and buying Bitcoin with it on an exchange, right? And in some ways that might it's like that might fuck up our minds like watching porno in a certain way, right? It's something to think about, I think. I think you're yeah. It, it's something definitely to think about. As I've been moving my life closer and closer to the Bitcoin standard, I still find myself, I still think in fiat. I, I mean, I I now value things in sats mentally, and I can pretty much do like the Moscow time equation, like at any time in my brain when I'm spending money, I can think about, oh, this is how many sats I would be, would be going on. But I still find myself pricing things in dollars. And yeah, it, I agree with you 100%. It's this era that we're in, yeah, it's it's nice because people can still get in the door. They're still able to turn their dollars into real money, but it's toxic. I mean, if you're trying to live your, your life on the Bitcoin standard, 
yeah, even just pricing things in fiat, it's it's toxic to your mental health. It change, yeah, it it alt it drags your your time preference out, even if you're aware of it. It still happens. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that's a fact. I think uh, for our loved ones, right, who listen to this, I think it's a good thought exercise. Fuck out, fuck.